Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Have you or maybe someone in your family done one of those ancestry DNA tests like 23andMe or Ancestry.com to find out what your heritage is? If not, do you want to know? And finding out where we come from and how our relatives live can be both fascinating and a little bit humbling. But is your eye color and body type the only thing you get from your ancestors? Could you also get your emotional patterns from your ancestors as well? Well, that's what I'm talking about today with systemic executive coach and author Judy Wilkins-Smith. She's got a new book out called Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation Through Disentangling Multigenerational Patterns. And I invited her back on the show to talk about it. So, Judy, thanks for coming back, and congratulations on the new book, because I know how hard that can be to get a book out there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you for having me back on the show. Yeah, it is, that is called commitment, I think. It taught me a whole lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is, it, it, it's a wonderful process, but it's actually a painful process. Um, oh, my goodness. So, this, this I mean, you know, we, you know, you just hold DNA. It's it's really funny because my my brother-in-law actually did this, and we we and completely upended where we thought their family had come from. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay. Um, so there's always some excitement and interest when we're when we do these deep dives. But what actually is emotional DNA? I mean, that doesn't even sound like a thing. So what is it? <laughs> So, of course, what you've just hit on is when you said people are fascinated by their genealogy, we know, we know that there is something important about where we belong or where we came from. But we don't know the full story. We think it's just about the brown hair, the blue eyes, the whatever it is, freckles, no freckles, Mm -hmm. height. But we also inherit patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions. And this is now very clearly studied through neuroscience and epigenetics. So you have studies like the Great Dutch Hunger Winter during a, a period in which a, a Dutch city was entirely encircled for about three months. It was encircled by the Nazis because they were supporting the resistance. Mm-hmm. And they starved for three months. They lived off things like bulbs and rats and who knows what. Mm-hmm. Anything and, they could um, find, yeah. Anything they could find. And so because they were an intact population, they were studied. And what they found was mothers who had been pregnant with the children at different stages of those three months exhibited different forms of PTSD and eating disorders that the children then expressed. But even more impressive was the fact that the children's children expressed that and Mm. their children were still expressing it. So that's when we began to realize And, of course, the Holocaust is another one, Mm -hmm. and 9-11 is the most recent. That, yes, a significant event, and it doesn't have to be World War III. It's a significant event for you. Can create an imprint on your system that becomes a blueprint for generations of behavior. 
And so wow. those patterns of thoughts, yeah. So those patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, inactions in response to an event are what then becomes your emotional DNA. And if you think about it, it passes down in many ways. It passes down in the, the hormones that are secreted. It passes mm. down in the things we say. It passes down when we look at mom and watch her crying over money or we look at dad and watch him screaming because something's gone wrong in the business. And we learn to interact with and mirror that. And then add into the fact that we're highly sensitive, although we don't always think so, mm-hmm. human beings, and we can sense into each other's systems. And if that system is a part of you, it becomes a natural thing to do and assimilate. So we're inheriting generation upon generation of, of all of these emotional DNA patterns. And then we try and kid ourselves that we actually have free will. Well, no, you <laughs> don't. Not until you know what lives there. Well, I mean, it's so interesting that you talk about this because, you know, there have been times, especially when I've been dealing with my children, that it's like, oh, my gosh, I just channeled my mother. What just came out of my mouth was exactly what my mother would have said. Exactly. It isn't. So what I'm hearing from you, it isn't just modeling. It isn't that I heard my mother repeat this over and over again. It's. Her mother did it, and her mother did it, and her mother did it, and going back into however far we, we go back, that it isn't just what I experience with you in the moment. It's the generational stuff. Absolutely. And here's the, the other big piece. Anything that you exclude or any one that you exclude in systems, systems don't like that. They mm. always seek balance. So anyone who is excluded shows up again in the life of somebody else in an almost identical life or an almost identical pattern. So if your great-grandmother was incarcerated because she didn't behave or she wasn't all there, and Mm -hmm. suddenly, and she was never spoken about again, three or four generations later, you have a child who won't come out of their bedroom or somebody else who's excluded from the family. And when we look to see where that started, it goes all the way back there. Well, when we can give great-grandmother her place, in other words, re-member her, Mm -hmm. and she's in her place, the system can settle, and now you can choose something different. Well, you know, and it's, and it's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people can say, well, I, I understand where I get this. You know, my, my, my dad does this. But, you know, so, so I'm hearing that there is, there is a learned component, but there's also a genetic component to this. There's an epigenetic component. So what happens is <clears throat> it activates those genes. And, okay. yes, it, it very definitely exists. This is wild. So, you know, and so, okay, so we've uncovered this. So, you know, we, we, I mean, because, I mean, because I do think that people will talk about, you know, I have this feeling, you know, that this is, you know, this is familiar. And, and so, you know, this is, you know, it, it could be because I have this feeling that, that somebody, somebody or something is missing from the family. And of course, right. it's grandma who nobody talks about, right? <laughs> Um, that that somehow in you know in my DNA literally I feel this. So you you talk about this and, and your book is um, really interesting about this. But you talk about systemic work because and, and the system and and I'm a trained you know marriage and family therapy is 
trained in systems theory, that when you mess with one part of the system, the rest of the system is, you know, is kind of mixed up until it, can, in, until it can find some new equilibrium. And so what I'm hearing is that you're talking about that same kind of thing. Exactly. And exactly. So what exactly is, in, it, does systemic work involve and, and, why, and why should we care about it? Okay, so systemic work is the study of you within the system. In other words, as you said, you didn't just come into being, you didn't happen in a vacuum. You happened and your happening mm -hmm. created an effect in the family system. Your place now exists. Whether okay. you make it to full term or whether you don't, your place exists. And the fact that you've happened and the fact that you have a place also means you have a place that belongs to only you. Nobody else can occupy that place. So sometimes what you'll see is you'll see somebody who says, I always feel burdened. The, my position in the family is so difficult. Mm -hmm. Who are you? I'm the eldest. Were there any before you who didn't make it or died early? Oh, yes. Well, then you're not the eldest. And we have a very clear sense of what our place is. When we're out of place, we can't receive the nurturing that comes to that place and we either get too big, in other words, we have to take care of too much, mm -hmm. or we can get too little. We become invisible, mm. but it kicks us off kilter, and it, it means that we can't stand in our full place and rise to our full potential, and that's literally because we've just been out of place. So it's the study of you within the entire system, and as you pointed out, any time you start relating differently to a part of that system, the entire system can no longer relate the same way. You've just created a different effect. So this is super important mm -hmm. because people will say to me, well, yes, I'll do this work, but my family's never going to come near it. And I say, give them time, and then I'll wait for the first one to come in and the next one to come in. And, and, and then invariably I'll say to them, so why did you come? Well, they didn't say anything, but they were very different, and I wanted to know what that was. Yes, and and this is when I, you know, when I talk about this, and and one of the things that I actually say, because when I do, you know, I, I basically do romantic relationships, which of course we bring multi generational stuff into that, um, and and a lot of times, you know, one of the things that that crops up up is one or the other's family of origin and you know and and trying to you know because I've now started this new relationship this new family and I'm still part of this extended family but exactly. I don't you know but I'm now creating this new thing uh, and you know I tell people that going back and trying to change the pattern in your family of origin is probably going to be the hardest thing you ever do <laughs> because you know, it's just like you're saying suddenly somebody is being different and why aren't you in the in in the role that you have been assigned whether it's the golden child or the problem child or the clown or whatever that role is that that ba that balances that system that suddenly yeah, if I'm other doing words, something different, it throws, it throws the whole system out of kilter. Exactly, because now you're belonging, and there are three basic tenets to systemic work. Belonging, 
order and balance of give and receive. So if you were out of order and you take your place, well, that everybody else is going, what happened? Mm-hmm. But there's suddenly a, a peace in the system. Or everybody in, in your family is loud and you're quiet. Mm. And what's wrong with you? <laughs> so it's, you know, it's how do I belong? Or I had somebody, and you, you said something earlier which was really great. You said we carry a sense with us of something that may be missing. Mm-hmm. There's even more to it than that. That can often become a gift. I had somebody uh, recently who said uh, they came from another country and they were forbidden to speak about the other parent ever again. Oh, my gosh. So I said, yeah, but, uh, but you spoke about them. And they said, no, no. I said, yeah, you did. How many of that other parent did you date? Uh, yeah. How many times? And and if that person was excluded, may I ask, are you very good at including people? Yes. Do you see the gift they gave you even in the exclusion? Mm. That's 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 a really interesting thing because you know because we we do see this all the time, and one of the things that I always tell people, um, you know, that if if you ever, if a child has ever heard, oh, you're just like your mom or you're just like your dad, and somebody really close to you, maybe the other parent doesn't like that parent, so then you absorb that. It's like, oh, well, if I'm just like dad and mom doesn't like dad, then mom doesn't like me. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's, absolutely. It is not a wise thing to do. And here's the other thing. As children, we know that, that all parent or that the unit belongs together. So mm-hmm. in our hearts, the unit belongs together. So if you've got the scenario you just described, well, if I've got somebody who's being dissed, I'm going to make sure I represent them so that that system remains intact. Right. So and you're setting me up to represent all the things you don't like about the other one. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you. Um, really? You know, and, this is, and, and again, I mean, and what people have to understand is this is happening whether we're aware of it or not. And usually <laughs> not. You know, and, and so part of this and, and so I you know, I I loved your description about, you know, maybe maybe you're not talking about that parent but you're dating them. And you know, and, and this this is how it plays out and this is one of the um it's a challenge of relationships, but for me it's really where the positive the positivity comes from because I'm I'm looking at this historical or ancestral interaction, but now I get to alter that if I want to. If oh, I love I, that you just yes. If I know how to, if you know how to look, which is the beauty of systemic work because it it makes the invisible visible literally through a constellation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I love that you said that because in what we're doing, 90% of us, 90% of the time are not living our own lives. We're regurgitating history and we mm-hmm. pretend that it's something else. <laughs> but when you know what you're looking at and you can see the pattern, that's when you go, oh, I'm frustrated and irritated because that pattern is trying to stop it's asking me to let it rest and become wisdom, and it's asking me to follow my heart's desire, which is the new pattern trying to emerge. So it's a very pointed clue to two things. Shut down this and start that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is so interesting. So this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and as I just said, I'm having a really interesting conversation about how your ancestry can impact your relationships today with systemic executive coach and author Judy Wilkins-Smith. And just because you've inherited a particular way of behaving, it doesn't mean you can't learn to do something else. And if you're finding that how you approach your marriage is problematic, I can help. Because just because you've always done something a certain way doesn't mean you have to continue to do it that way. So I'm inviting you to take a moment and get in touch with me to schedule your free, no-obligation, five-star relationship consultation. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. Or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. So I want to get back to this, what, I mean, I just, love learning about all this stuff. So, I mean, this is a fascinating conversation. So, Judy, you talk about something called constellations. And so, so what are they? And then you actually also, in your book, you're talking about do-it-yourself constellations, which was like, okay, so do I need to go to Lowe's and pick up some tools? I mean, what is that? Yes. Okay. So, what it is is this, and, and it's the breakthrough piece of this work. Instead of you trying to do what we usually do, which is we go and talk to somebody and we kind of talk it out or we sit and try and figure it out in our heads, what we do is we take the issue that we're trying to address or or looking to address and we determine the parts of that issue. So maybe I struggle with relationships. Mm -hmm. I've always struggled with relationships. Okay, let's have a look at where that came from. Let's pick a representative. And so I'll ask them if at a live event, if I'm doing a live event, I will say to them, I want you to pick a representative for you, one for mom, one for dad, and perhaps your siblings. And let's just get a picture of what that looks like so I can see what's going on in the system. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of this is they pick a representative for each one. And they place it the way that it is for them. So maybe they place mom and dad next to each other, sister off to one side, brother and sister next to each other. Maybe dad's looking out, maybe mom's looking in. Mm -hmm. Just from that, they begin to have insights. They go, oh my goodness, yeah, dad's always disengaged. And Mm -hmm. mom's always taking care of this. And yeah, that's right. My sister's always off over there. And with that, I can begin to ask questions. So what happened that put sister over there? Tell me about dad's mom and dad. Tell me about mom's mom and dad. And, And we get a picture of this relationship that emerges. And suddenly we'll hear, well, you know, mom also struggles, has struggled with dad because he's so absent. What happened to mm-hmm. dad? He went to the war. Oh, he mm. never came home. Right. Yeah, neither did neither did her dad. He was also a war vet. So now we have a pattern. And two women who've got to carry the family because there are absent men. So we look to see where did that begin, if we have the history. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't. But right. now we've got this interactive map that's a 3D map and it's moving And because of the questions we're asking, they're having insights. And then they will say, my mother never saw me. She didn't love me. And I say, hold on. (laughs) Your mother never saw you, but she's looking over there. What's that? Did she lose a child? Did she lose someone? Yes, she lost a child. Uh, And I'll put a a representative in for the child and mm -hmm. mom goes down. 
And I say to her, can you see where your mother's attention was? It was never about you. And that it, it sort of it breaks for them. It snaps. It's like, oh, my goodness. I always thought it was my fault. Now they're literally seeing, hearing, touching. They're speaking the language that's been inside their head and hearts. And then we begin to look at, can you tell mom, hey, I get it. I see where your attention went. And that starts the rewiring in the brain because now they can't hold that same thought anymore. Now it's, oh. Well, and what you're saying is so critically important because I talk about this all the time, um, that we have these experiences, and especially as young children, where you know, you know, basically you know, we're little egocentric beings, and I don't mean that in a, in a, a judgmental way. Like, if we are present, it is about us because our brains exactly. can't quite comprehend that it isn't about us. And, you know, this is one of those things where even though intellectually we might know I didn't have anything to do with this, emotionally at our core, we're thinking it is my fault. I mean, and it's interesting because um, many years ago she was, she was actually a friend at the time. You know, she was an acquaintance because she was younger than me. um, But, but um, her parents were struggling and she developed an eating disorder. And so as long as they were focusing on her, yes. they were together as a unit. Exactly. And, you know, and, and so a lot of times, you know, and, and I've seen this with kids misbehaving. I mean, you know, my, my own son, who I swear to God, was put on this planet just to teach me lessons. Um, <laughs> you know, when I, was, when I was in school and I had a paper or a, or a test coming up, his behavior would go into the toilet. <laughs> because oh, I, I was it. ignoring him. And yep. and he would take negative behavior from me versus being ignored, you know. He wanted positive exactly. attention, but he'd take negative attention if you know, because but but this is what you know and, and, and then and then we label people about, oh, this is a you know, this is a problem child or you know, this is this and then we start interacting that way and they absorb those labels and start wearing them and start behaving that way and then we've got this as you say we've got this system and we don't necessarily even know where it started because it could have started when we were you know when we were six months old and we don't have the cognitive memories but we do have the emotional memories exactly something that you hit on that is crucial as well is that our truth happens we create it and it Mm -hmm. happens this way we take a thought like somebody who says my mother didn't see me Mm -hmm. we it hits us in the heart and we go I'm not worth seeing and Mm -hmm. we tell ourselves that the minute we tell ourselves something that we can buy that becomes the truth now Mm -hmm. that's that's not helpful when it's really limiting But what people don't realize is for transformation, exactly the same holds true. When you can tell yourself something powerful about yourself or your circumstances, and you can say yes with your head, your heart, and your gut, and those three align, you've just created a new truth, a new powerful truth, and it will become a reality. Oh, I I, I love to hear that. Um, and I do want to ask something because because we're talking about these family patterns, 
And it's really interesting because when we bring a partner in, when we bring somebody into our family, and for us, whatever's going on is completely normal because we grew up in this and this is our right. ancestry and whatever. And the other person's standing there going, what the what? heck is going on? I mean, and it, it, yep. it's really interesting because I got, I, I got into, you know, made, made a huge mistake. Well, not really, but I mean, there was this whole huge family dynamic that came in because my husband absolutely detested the way one of my sisters treated me. And I'm going, well, she's treated me like this since I was born, so this is just normal. And it really, it, I mean, it, to the point where he told me that I needed to say something to her in not, you know, socially acceptable language. And one day when, you know, I was not in, I mean, I was pregnant and had, I'd had a migraine, so I mean, I was not my best self. And I, and I basically, those words came out of my mouth. And the way my mother reacted, you would have thought that I had shot her. <laughs> it was, you know, it was just like, you know, but, but my husband could see this pattern and I could not, I mean, it's not that I didn't see the pattern. It was just more like, yeah, this is just the way it is and there's nothing I can do about it. So how can people identify these inherited family patterns that may be creating some challenges for them now? So what you want to do is you want to look at where you have a challenge, period. Mm -hmm. Is it money? Is it relationships? What is it? Mm -hmm. And then you want to sit down and look at where it's happened for you throughout your life, how it's manifested, what you tell yourself about that, mm -hmm. what you make it mean about you and what you make it mean about someone else. And then there are two important pieces. What do I want to stop because that'll tell you what pattern needs to stop and what would I really like to start. Okay. Now, those, those are easy. <laughs> and, and until you can build more weight on the side of what you want, you're going to keep going back into the systemic trance of what you don't want. So you've got to be really clear about what you want, and that doesn't mean I want it with my head. That literally means my heart wants it, my gut wants it, my head wants it. We are in alignment. We are coherent. I want it that much. When you want it that much, I can tell you now that it pulls you past all of the excuses and all of the old patterns because you will get it. It's like me saying to you, I want to go to Disney World, mm -hmm. my favorite place on earth. <laughs> and everybody says, well, you know, really? I don't think you're going to get in at this time. And I'm like, watch me. Right. I'm going. So when you get to that point where you run out of excuses and you're very clear about what you want, and you start, and it's this simple, one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. That's it. Because so, if you do that, that's it. Okay. So Instead of trying to eat the entire elephant at once. <laughs> right. Yeah, which definitely one step at a time. But when we're talking about relationships, well, maybe we're talking about, you know, because this is where people get stuck. And it's like, well, I want, my, I, I want to be seen by my family. I don't, I, you know, I haven't felt seen, just taking the example that you gave earlier, that my mom's attention was someplace else. And even though intellectually I can understand why her attention was someplace else. Um, so, 
if it's a relationship, if I'm involved with somebody else, how does my taking wanting it, you know, in, like in alignment, my head, my heart, and my gut, I'm in alignment, I want this thing, but there's another person involved. Yes, there is, and what you do is your piece. Okay. Your piece. Because the minute you do it, and you're going to do it in a way, look, if you really want this, it's very unlikely to be, I, I really want this and sucks to be you to the other person. <laughs> it's, I really want this because I want this to change for me. Uh-huh. For me, I would have a conversation with a person and just say, hey, I am going to be changing some things I know they need to change. Okay. So I'm going to be doing this sort of thing. You will see me speaking differently. You will see me thinking differently and acting differently. But it's literally just one degree at a time. It's, it's called take an action, assess. Take an action, assess. If it's starting to pull you in the direction of what you want, take another one. Mm-hmm. If it's not, take a different one. And yes, there are other people involved and... I will say this, that in a relationship, sometimes what you will find very often, you know this, mm-hmm. is people get into a relationship by bonding through a wound. Yep. And here's the problem. When somebody starts to grow and the other one doesn't, mm-hmm. Houston, we have a problem. Because yep. once that door is open, that person will not go back through that door. And if the other one doesn't come, it simply may mean, you know what? Thank you for where we got to here. I have a different path. And that is so critically important. And, and this is one of the things that, that I see all the time. And, and, I, you know, and, it's, and it's somewhat related to the boundary work where I am, I am going to be this way going forward because it's how I need to be. And we, you know, we can do that like a bull in a china shop or we can do it gently but still firmly (laughs) Um, and usually when we do that when we don't take a sledgehammer to everything but we do the the steps that you're talking about that actually gives our partners or our children or whoever we're trying to change the relationship with the ability to slowly change theirs as well it doesn't if they choose yes if If they they choose. choose And yes, you're right. You know what? It's no good having genius if you can't land it. So the sledgehammer is really not much help. Besides, which I always say to people, be really careful. If in a relationship you've been a victim, be Mm -hmm. very careful. If you're moving out of that victim, be careful not to become the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. Because because that is a very natural progression. Don't do that. You won't be happy and no one else will. Yeah, we frequently see if it's not this, it's 180 degrees opposite to it. Um, one of my one of, one of my mentors is you know is is Terry is Terry Real. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's um, he's got this wonderful philosophy that would fit in right with this. And um, you know, it, it's like you know, I was weak, now I'm strong. You know, I was weak, now I'm strong, screw you. It's like, no, no, no. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. And that's often what we think, by the way, that horrifies me with transformation. People Uh come to a course. The first thing I tell them when they come to one of my live events is when you go home, do not go and verbally vomit all over your partner. Please. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do that. 
And your heart has got to allow it to assimilate. You've got to be gentle with it. If it's not something that's making you bigger and higher, don't do it. I love that. Yeah, because 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 we will tend to do this. And and again, part of the process that I know you teach about is about my owning my part in it because it's never solely some the else. If I'm in a relationship, I am putting something into that. It may not be 50-50, but I am putting something into that relationship, and I, and, and I have to own that. And if that's the part that I am committed to doing something differently, then, you know, I can't just go, when, I just can't go, like I said, with a sledgehammer because that's, because you'll destroy because we don't necessarily have to destroy the relationship to grow in it and and no in the best relationships the two of us are growing we're both growing maybe not at the same pace but it we don't we don't necessarily have to throw the baby out with the bathwater really not in fact that is extremely foolish in any relationship what you should do at the beginning and throughout, and absolutely if it ends, is to say, what did I get from this? Mm -hmm. Not it's over, smash. What Mm -hmm. did I get from this? What will I take? What will I leave? And what will I change? Yeah, because even in, you know, I've had some not great relationships, and, and that's really, you know, what did I learn from this? What did I bring to it? What did I take away? Because even, even in relationships that end, we can learn something. And hopefully we do, which is why when I, you know, if, if you meet somebody who's, you know, been married before, it's like, well, okay, so what did you learn from that relationship? And if it's all about how horrible their other person was, it's like, turn and Start run running. Start <laughs> running. Yes. Get because, it go. Right. Because it's like, oh, well, I learned that I needed more of this and less of that. Yay! Right? You know, so it's, um, you know, and I learned that I was repeating, you know, a pattern that I saw in whichever parent, you know, that I don't want, I, I don't want to continue that into the next generation. Exactly. Yay. And, and <laughs> thank that person for that because mm-hmm. without, without even the provocation, without the provocation, you didn't move. Mm-hmm. Some of us are so complacent. In fact, many of us are so complacent yep. that unless that pot gets really hot, we will stay. So mm-hmm. bless the person who makes it so unbearable that you go, I have to move. Mm-hmm. They've served a profound purpose. Absolutely. Well, Judy, we could continue this conversation for a yes, long time. Yes, we but, could. But, but because it's such a fascinating concept. Um, and I think, and, and I'm so glad that you wrote this book because I think, oh, by the way, people go buy this book and Judy's going to tell you in a moment where to get it. Um, because this really can change how you view things. And that. It, you know, it, as we've talked about before, it's critical. So I want to remind people that the name of her book is Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation to Disentangling Multi-Generational Patterns. So um, if, you ha- if you found this conversation interesting, which I hope you have, please go buy it. And Judy, can you also tell them where they can get the book and also where they can learn more about your work? Sure. So the book is at any of the, at the good booksellers out there, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. It's all over. 
And uh, yes, to find out more, you can go to my website, judywilkins-smith.com. And I'd love them. I'd love them to join me at Disney World in in November. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to be teaching capability and resilience DNA oh, wow. for four days. Oh yeah at Disney World and, and then we get to do all of this interactive constellations work for four days and in the evening of course you get to go play in the heart of magic. Yes. So I want you guys to know that yes you do have natural tendencies what we call personality so to speak but you also have inherited ways of being in the world from your parents and their parents and their parents and so on and so forth through the generations. Kicker is, you also have the ability to change those patterns if they're showing up in a way that is causing problems in your relationship. Now, one of the standard things that people do is they focus on the, your partner's behavior, which, yes, there may be some things your partner's actually doing that are problematic, but as you've learned to, today, you have the power to change your side of it. And I'm going to tell you, when you change your side, they can't keep doing the same thing. Now, as we've talked about, that may mean the relationship can end, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it also gives them the opportunity to grow. So the question that I have for you is, what do you need to do to get started? And hopefully, you'll get Judy's book. And the other thing that you will do is to keep listening to this show. So until next week, stay loving. <laughs> 